What's All up, right. homie? How you feeling? I mean, I'm good, my man. How are you? I'm good. Just chilling, staying out the way, staying safe, you know. I hear that. How you and the fam? Everybody good? Yeah, man. I um, had a little, you know, a COVID thing at North Park and uh, at the crib around uh, Halloween. But, you know, everybody over it now. So, you know, it's pretty much go yeah. time. Okay. Uh, well, you know, I just want to say appreciate you for taking time out your day, you know, to come on the podcast. Um, you know, it's definitely an honor to have you on. Um, some of these questions, I'm going to kind of tug at you about, you know, basketball, see who you're going to take, kind of put you on the spot a little bit, but it's all good. I'm with it. I'm with it. Okay. Uh, for those, you know, who don't know who you are, just give them a quick, you know, summary of where you're from, where you grew up at, you know, and stuff like that. All right. Uh, Broadview, Illinois. I uh, went to a school called Lindop as a young fella. Uh, yeah. You know, back and forth from, from out west in, in Broadview, but most of the majority of it in Broadview. Uh, went to St. Joe's High School, played there for four years. Uh, three under, under the legendary Gene Pingator. I uh, yeah. got a scholarship to Kansas, played two with Roy Williams, uh, one with Pat Kennedy, who was the coach for Quentin Richardson, Bobby Simmons, and Lance Williams. And then I played one for the current coach right now, uh, Dave Lato. Yeah, okay. Played a couple years, yeah, played a couple years in Europe, you know, Tallinn, Estonia, Mexico, and Spain for a short stint. Okay, okay. You got it. got a long background uh, uh, hooping and stuff like that. Yeah, man, I had a good run at it at that time. Okay, how long did you end up playing for in the in total? Uh, over there, I played like seven. Okay, okay. Then like, now you went to like it was chopped up a little bit. It was a couple times in the middle of the season where a team sometimes teams collapse, and I come back home and you know I actually worked at both of my schools, my grade school, Lindop, and I worked at St. Joe's as a coach. Yeah, so you so know. Like, that's what happened after you got done hooping. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, okay, so now we're going to get to the questions. The first question I always start off with is, who is the GOAT, MJ, Kobe, or Braun? And then if you can put them in order. Okay. It's easy. MJ, Kobe, Braun. Right there. You hit it off. Uh, okay. Now, like, I'm going to say this. LeBron is, is the most, one of the most complete, basketball players we'll ever see. Um, size, skill, height, IQ, you know, and people people always talk about he's not a dog or a killer, but what you got to understand, anybody that average, a career average of 27, they doing something right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And he just happened to, you know, if you look at it, Mike's career average is 32. LeBron, three and a half points off that. So if he's not a killer, I don't know who is. Um, and Kobe, yeah. he was just more of an assassin, man. You know, you know, Kobe went for his. He had to wait early. People forget he played behind Eddie Jones, who was an yeah. all-star. And he had to wait his time, you know, which, which a lot of kids won't do now. And yeah. then, you know, I grew up on Big Mike. And let me say this. Um, we're all prisoners of our own era. And what I mean by that is if you ask a kid, that's maybe like 20 years old or younger for them it's probably gonna be brown yeah for the kids maybe a little bit older than that it could easily be cold when you get yep. 35 plus we grew up on on mike i want to be like mike like that was that was the thing so i don't even think it's truly fair to say who's the goat in terms of 
eras. Those yeah. guys dominated their era. Now, you know, people have won on LeBron's run, but at yeah. the same time, he's still been pretty dominant in, in his era. So I what was it like ten straight finals? Yeah. I mean that's that's unheard of, fam. Like you I don't think we'll ever see that again. Only way we would saw that if that Golden State team stayed together. And they were healthy, yep. Yeah, that's the only way. Okay. So, yeah, cause I think what I say is you can't – it's kind of hard to when you try to do a GOAT and you're trying to cross eras because, as you know, what Mike played in was you was you can hand check, you can touch, you can bump. Room, now you can't even, like, little, touch a player as a foul. Yeah. And I would like tell this. somebody, Mike would probably average 50 if he played today. If you can't touch Mike as physical as he was down there, Mike don't get 40-plus when you wake <laughs> up in the morning. Yeah, that, that's just gonna be a given. So, you know, and Mike was aggressive. Like if you look at Cole, Cole was Mike, you know, with a little more handle. And I tell people that and they get mad. Kobe did have more handle than Mike, and he yeah. shot more three balls. So, yeah. you know, Mike was gonna go to that mid post, hit the turnaround, and that and that was that. So he yeah. was gonna go to the rim. If I can get twenty free throws, Mike gonna be eighteen for twenty from the line and be chilling. Yeah. Okay. For you, who was your favorite player growing up? Like, when you were coming up hooping, who was somebody that you were constantly watching, you know what I'm saying, film on, trying to pattern your game after a little bit? Uh, see, that's that's an interesting thing because, like, early – I was born in 1980. Mm -hmm. So, I got pictures. Like, my first hoop was a Dr. J hoop. Ooh, you know what I'm yeah. saying? And so, you know, you knew my godfather took me to a game one time. And I'm like, yo, dude, it's fine. But people, but in reality, when I look back, this was like the old Dr. J. This was the Dr. J who was really getting it like that. And that led into Mike. So, you know, Mike, you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, I had the vertical. You know, I had the – obviously the, the – the, so it was like I want to get my mid-range game pull-ups, try to be like like that. You know yeah. what I'm saying? And then with the, with the hops and all that, you just try to – in high school, sometimes you're just more talented than people, and you can pull that off. Um, and so that's what I would just try to get to my mid range. And you know, like now it's the three ball. Steph Curry has has changed the dynamic of the game. Where it's like crazy. I was talking to a coach the other day, he said, "Now kids run to the tray ball on a fast break, which they do. You know what I'm saying? Before we trying to get a dunk, now we trying to get a three. So yeah. you know, it's just one of them things. Okay." If you were, if I were to ask you to give me your top five players in the league right now, everybody healthy, who would be your top five? Brian, KD, Steph, uh, mm, I still fool with AD. Okay, can't go and, wrong with AD. Uh, Everybody healthy. I ain't going to lie for with Devin Booker, too. Ooh, okay. So, D-Booker be your five spot? Yeah, I like I, I like he just – he get after his all the time. He he, he let us about his approach. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It, like, like people, people always talk like James Harden and all of that. Like, that's cool. And I'm not really, like, a big fan of Giannis like that either. I mean, he dominant. He get, he get it done, but, like, yeah. You know what? No, nah, let me go Kawhi. Okay, I was going to ask you about Kawhi. Kawhi. 
Kawhi. Okay. Kawhi. Um, what was I finna say? So you think with with D Book having Chris Paul, I think his game is gonna elevate to a higher level now because he ain't got to create his shot as much as he was when he didn't have Chris Paul. You know. People don't realize Chris Paul taught that OKC team before he left how to win. That's why the kid Shy Gilgis Alexander, who used to go to Kentucky, yeah. that's why he's playing so well right now. Yeah. Because of the time spent with a vet like Chris Paul. Yeah. That and that's what I'm saying. People his whole basketball game. Chris Paul make you better, man. Not just as your floor general, but like mentally, all that he prepared you. So that's why I think. OKC wiped out full house and kept Shea. They get, Shea is going to be their Chris Paul for them. He's going to lead. He's going to help attract, you know, free agents and trades and stuff like that because they're trying to build him up. And I think Chris Paul was a perfect player to, you know, to play, to play with. H-O-F. Remember yeah. that. He's going yeah. there. He's definitely yeah. going there. Facts. Okay. Uh, for you, do you have a favorite basketball moment in your career personally? Um, You know what's crazy? My best basketball moment was more as a coach. Like, my playing days, you score a lot of points, and yeah. you do that a lot of times, and people think, like, that's, you know, the end-all, be-all. But I, I I enjoy giving to the players that I coach more. Yeah. Um, in 2015, you know, at St. Joe's, you know, God bless my coach's heart, uh, soul, Coach Ping. Um, yeah. We won with house. that group. We, we won with that group of kids. And, like, I was more proud of them, you know, Jordan Nash and Glenn Watson, Joffrey Brown, Nick Rakosovic, you know, LeVon, you know, Dex, yeah. the whole nine. We, everybody that was on that team, Jarvis, yeah. I, I got more gratification out of watching them have the experience than yeah. the stuff that I did. Because it was like, you know, those other moments was just my moment. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. That yeah. moment was something that I'll never forget because I just remember the looks on everybody's faces and people's parents and their friends yeah. and the faculty and staff. So, like, that was huge. Yeah. And it's crazy because I remember I went to East Aurora. I remember we played y'all at uh, the St. Charles tournament. And y'all did us so dirty, man. Y'all did us so dirty. So, then, so to see y'all <laughs> so win was like, all right, now we feel a little bit better about it because we lost to somebody yeah. that ended up winning the state championship. You know what I'm saying? So – Absolutely. I, Absolutely. And I, you know, and like I said, I grew up, like, you know, we talked on the phone. I grew up at Oak Park, and I actually played for the Memorial Park Wildcats. So, like, okay. Glenn and, and Jarvis and all them, I knew of them. You know what I'm saying? So, when I moved to Aurora, I'm just like, hey, man, look, y'all got to be ready to hoop, man. You know what I'm saying? Like, we got to be ready to hoop. Like, these dudes is getting Division One looks and offers. Like, man, we got to be ready to play. So, to see y'all win was definitely, you know what I'm saying? I was definitely happy for y'all, man. Gratitude. Gratitude. Uh, so during your hooping days, who is the toughest person you ever had to guard? You know, this is interesting because I I got a I got a partner that I coach AAU with uh, named mm -hmm. Reggie Bates, right? Mm -hmm. And we always go over these scenarios and like I ain't gonna lie, like I can go down the line. It was just a couple dudes, and for different reasons. Um, one was actually my teammate Amari Sawyer. That's found, um, yeah. He he was real crafty. We me him and Bobby Simmons would play one on one, yeah, before and after practice all the time. And he was just shifty and had a lot of moves. He was kind of like Kyrie Irving s before Kyrie, obviously. 
And uh, Bobby, he was tall. He's six seven with a handle and could shoot yep. it. He was real smooth. He didn't have to move fast. You know, he get you, put his body on you. Uh, yep. Another crazy cover for me was Paul McPherson. Oh yeah, you know, it was like it was like playing basketball against Ray Lewis because he was like overly physical. Yeah, like <laughs> I enjoyed it though. <laughs> I enjoyed it though, fam. I can't lie. Like I really did, because it was like, this is a different look. Yeah. Um. Obviously, I got a I got a chance to play against D Wade in college, and Ooh, he was, he was, yeah, when he was at Marquette, when he was at DePaul, you know what I'm saying? He was he was he was, yeah. he was tough. And Quiet is kept my last one. Now he one of the all time leading scorers in the state. Now, he's younger than me. I remember coming back home. And my guy Casey, we went to Westmont to play at the um the little rec center, right? Mm-hmm. So we get there. I'm like, man, who gym is this? He like, uh, Pierre Pierce is opening the gym up. I was like, oh, okay, you know, shorty who went to look at my guy face on there. Uh shorty Face, what up, big bro? Um, yeah. Shorty who went to Westmont, you know, he averaged 40. And I'm like, yeah, but he went to Westmont though, fam. Like, I'm, I'm kind of like, yo, nah, I don't, I don't believe it. And he had killed that Iowa already. Yeah, we got out there, and it was real. Like, I, I enjoyed all the, like, you know, the competitive piece. That's, that's what we here to do. So, you know, going out there, just like looking at it in the raw for what it was. Those couple guys was dudes that I really enjoyed competing with. That was real tough covers because they were all kind of different. But yeah. I enjoyed the back and forth. Thanks. Okay. Now, if I was to ask you if you had a favorite teammate, is that is that a tough one for you? No, that's not. You know what? It's not. <laughs> I had a teammate at Kansas, man. He had he was a walk on at first, but ended up getting a um, scholarship named Terry Nona, who's actually he might be the associate women's head coach at uh, okay. Maryland. So he's coaching high level women's basketball, and the dude just like. Was pure he was pure comedy, fam. Like we could be in like a tight, we could be in like a tight game, and he, you know, he'd just walk up and be like, "Yo, don't do nothing weak when you walk out there." Like it was just <laughs> like he always had like something random, and like he just was one of my. He was probably my favorite teammate. You know, push. He always wanted me to do well. I always when he got in the game, you know, I always wanted to see him succeed. And I'm, you know, I'm glad he's doing that on the coaching side now. And, uh, yeah, he was just like a dude that's going to always stick out to me in terms of just, you know, camaraderie and being on the team. Thanks. Respect. So, like, when was the game actually introduced to you? Like, what's up? did somebody, like, put the ball in your hand or did it run in the family? You just gravitated um, to it? I had an older cousin or two older cousins, uh, Mark Baker, who's actually a <laughs> – He's a mayor in Fulton County, Georgia. And then my cousin, Tim, who I grew up with, he actually went to Lincoln Park. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we would play, I would play all sports, soccer, baseball, football, you know, play basketball. But, like, I really wasn't serious about it. You know, I was shorter yeah. and a little heavy set, like, entering high school. But I could play mm-hmm. baseball pretty well. And between my freshman and sophomore year, I had a six-and-a-half, seven-inch growth spurt. And I can honestly say I would always play basketball, but I didn't I didn't take it like serious at first. I can't even lie. And so yeah. 
being 16, I remember going, we, we playing and stuff, and one of the assistants, uh, Robert Early and Brandon Aldridge, um, he came up to me and was like, bro, like, you know, you could like, you could like play for, like play for real. Like you could play for the, for some money. And I'm like, mm, you know, I, I just enjoyed it. I just enjoyed the, you know, competition having, I was really having fun. You know, mm -hmm. like I'm with my boys and I can do it, but like to really, you know how, like, like training and I do player development is different when you got somebody kind of like giving it to you. Like I, I give them the game. How to screen, you know, how to screen, what to look for. It was just like me. I, I'm just playing. Yeah. And so yeah. as a sophomore, you know, Ping brought me in the office and was like, yo, you can play division one and after that if you if you go about this the right way. So I was kind of late to the party, so to speak. Yeah. But nobody really put it in my hands. My two cousins were the two that I watched playing basketball growing up. You know, my cousin Mark went to uh Stymes and my other cousin went to Lincoln Park, so we would always get in the back, you know, alley on the crate, all of that. So yeah. that's just kind of how the game was given to me. Yeah. So like, but for you, so like sophomore year, that's when you really took it serious. When you was like, that's okay, when I started to take it more serious because it's like everybody telling me this, and I'm like, I, I look, it's a game. Like you know, I always tell players like, this is something you would play for free. So just put your all into it, man. So. Yeah, I really started to take it like more serious at that point. Okay. Um, for you, you know, not to get like too personal, but like, what's something that you overcome in, that you overcame in life that made you the person you are today? Um. Well, I just think just daily getting through these things and like what we dealing with now, pandemic. And um, I'm not sure if you know, but like, uh, 2016, I was recruiting for Lewis University because I coached there before I coached mm -hmm. at North Park. And I was out recruiting a kid and, um, you know, got in my car, getting ready to leave. And some guys thought I was somebody else. You know, we in Chicago, South Side, and they oh, started yeah. shooting. You know, they shot my truck 22 times. You know what I'm saying? You know, under, like a mistaken identity situation. But, you know, I got hit in my arm and my leg. And, you know, like, sitting in the hospital room, like, just, you know, looking up, just thinking about all the stuff that you've done or been through and possibly could go through. Because, you know, I wasn't sure how my body was going to react. But, yeah. you know, when you sit back and look at it, you know, sometimes mentally people be fried after things like that or, or certain things like, you know, PTSD or whatever the case may be and walk around fearful to just be normal. And, uh, you know, we live in an interesting world. Now, yeah. you know, even just reading the news, what happened in Everston yesterday with the guy shooting random people and, and things like that. So, you know, yeah. I just think to be around here now, like everybody, when if you can survive and keep your mind right, you know, and find the outlet, you know, that's, yeah. that's, that's the main thing. Yeah, but you all good though. You don't have like any side effects from it. You all healed up. And, no, and like good if to I go? go like work out a hoop or something other than like random swelling, like nothing, nothing else. You know, okay, I, good, I'm good. pretty good. Good, okay, good. Glad to hear that. So, going to St. Joe's, how was it, you know, playing for, for Payne, probably one of the best coaches from Illinois? Ever, ever. Um, it was interesting because I wasn't on the radar first. <laughs> I, um, I, one of my teammates and his family just joined. I saw at Rob Wall's uh, 
you know, he was like the guy. You know what yeah. I'm saying? We got to school six five, big Kawhi hands, shoot it, rebound it. He was tough, like competitor, the whole nine, played at Butler. Um yep. I was just trying to be a one of the guys, to be totally honest, man. And you know, my, my freshman year, I played freshman A and B. Um and it was like it was a it was an experience, man. You waking up playing at seven o'clock in the morning, ain't nobody yeah. in the gym is freezing cold. You know, yeah. it's just it was just a part of my particular process. And once I got to varsity, you know, and the levels and intensity picked up a lot more. And I, you know, you you have to adjust to the speed, yeah, quickness of everything. You know, my sophomore year moving up before the playoffs, um. Like, it was cool, you know, playing behind some guys, but I got reps. A junior year, I came on a lot more, and Ping was really, you know, just trying to teach us the basic of the game, how to read the screen, uh, really be, a, you know, be aggressive, but you got to share. You play with five, six other D1 players, because if you think about it, the year after we graduated, they won the state championship in 99 with Brandon Watkins. So that team was very talented. So it wasn't like I was going to get – nobody was going to get 20, 25 shots. You yeah. got to average those 20 on 12, 12 shots. Be efficient. <laughs> yeah. You gotta... <laughs> hey, man, that I, I can honestly say – and like I said, me and Rob talk about that because he got a son that plays, and you have to be effective and efficient in what you do or you're going to take away from your team. Yeah. That's what we can't do. So, okay. you know, Ping just taught us to be efficient and effective and, you know, how to be men and, you know, tuck your shirt in, take your hat off when you walk in the building, look people in the eye, yeah. you know, all of that stuff. You know, it was kind of like military school, to be honest. But, you know, add in a little basketball, I guess. Okay. Now, you know, playing for Ping, you know, and, your, you know, your recruiting came in. You know, you, you – Signed to Kansas. Did Kansas offer you, or were you a walk on, or how did the yeah, Kansas situation um, work? I started off, it started off kind of slow. My first offer was New Mexico State. Okay. And from there, you know, you start getting mid majors, but as it, the process started going along and I started to be more aggressive, I remember we played in a tournament at DePaul. Mm -hmm. And the old alumni hall was like a pit. And I just remember it being jam packed, and it was a bunch of coaches out the, at the top. We came out to warm up. We played a team called Andran from uh, Indiana. And I remember thinking to myself, I don't know what they came to do, but I'm about to get busy. Like, that's what I was yeah. thinking when I looked up in the crowd. Like, oh, my God. Every coach is here. Like, I'm talking about Big Ten, Big 12, ACC. Because it was a tournament. It was a full-day tournament where Simeon with Bobby played, Quentin Richardson and Cordell oh. Henry played. And okay. Dennis Gates and Whitney Young and Joey Range and, and Maggetti. And so it was like, yo, we fall right in the middle of this. I'm about mm -hmm. to go off. And I remember, like, the funny thing is, that was the most rebounds I ever got in a basketball game. And we, we I just, like, I ain't going to lie. Like, I couldn't, I went crazy. It was like 18 and 22. 22 boys. That was the most rebound I ever had in any, any game, though. Yeah, that just made, that made my teammates were shooting a lot too. So they were trying to get busy too. So I, I ain't mad at them though. I'm not mad at them. I'm not mad. <laughs> okay, I so remember after that game, and the game was probably like 
right before conference started. And before I know it, Pen called me in the office and he handed me like boxes of, you know, that's when they used to really send letters. Yeah. They don't really do that no more. It's more texting and, you know, all of that stuff. But um, yeah. Social yeah, it media. was one of them things where he handed me, hey, man, you got a whole bunch of stuff after that tournament. I'm just like, bet. That's what I was looking to do. And so then I had got like an Arizona offer. Um, who else? I had a UCLA offer. And then Kansas offered me right after that. You know, okay. like the whole process with them, they send one coach, then the two, the the lowest assistant, then the second coach come. Then Roy came to one of our games when we lost to Fenwick in the uh, sectional final. He was at that game, and I played pretty well even in the loss. And so at that point, then he, you know, he came up, you know, saying obviously Coach K was there to see McGetty. And, um, you know, it's just like, yeah, I just wanted to see you put my eyes on you myself. And, you know, I'm, you know, glad we offered. And I'm just like, yeah. And that's how the story, that's how I go. I took okay. a visit, you know, came back, was impressed. And uh, I ended up signing. I signed late, though. I signed in April. Mm -hmm. You know, I went through the whole process and kind of just saw it for what it was and just went from there. So, I, you know, I picked, I picked Kansas. But if okay, I now did, did you go on? Them, did you go on a bunch of visits? No, I only took three. Okay. Only took I took I took an Arizona, a Kansas, and a Minnesota uh, visit. If I didn't go to Kansas, I probably would have went to Minnesota. Clem has. Now you see LA. You weren't trying to go to LA, huh? Nah, man. I I just knew what that would turn into for me, man. I, you know. <laughs> I'm not, I'll put it this way. I ain't no glutton for punishment, so I don't want to punish myself and go out there and do some stuff. And, yeah. um, you know, nah. You know, I got a couple of buddies out in L.A., you know what I'm saying, and that, that wasn't going to be it. Oh, okay. That wasn't gotcha. Gonna be it for me. Nah, nah. Gotcha. Nah. Okay, so then you played, you know, two years at Kansas, and then you transferred. You had to sit out a year. Right. Um, what, what led to the DePaul, you know, DePaul choice? Well... If you think about it, all of the all of the guys I came up competing against, like I said, Amari had signed. I had got a little more familiar with Andre Brown. Steve Hunter lived three minutes from me. He was there. Yeah. You know, Big Lance Williams, a dude who one of my best friends to this day. Every time he come in town, like, you know, we hang. Um, you know, it's one of those things where there was a comfort level there where yeah. I had played against or with all of these dudes at a certain point. But the hard, the hard thing is when I look back, <clears throat> you got everybody from Chicago who was like a A1 on the same team. Yeah. Somebody got to pass the ball. <laughs> you know, and, and, and like we tried. I, I mean, it was just a struggle because it was like you got everybody and you know how everybody got like a crew and they people. Everybody's yeah. like, you know, you should be the man. Or he should be the man. So, like, this Chicago, Lance know who I am. Bobby know who I am. Amari know who I am. Steve know who I am. Whatever the case yeah. may be. And, and, and vice versa. So, if we could have learned to play together better, it would have been a better situation. Yeah, but so for you, it was like home, playing at home didn't help out. It like no, nah, it was no, 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 it wasn't good for me. So for you, it was kind of like playing pickup at the Y with the homies. Pretty much, pretty we much. Had, we all had, a, you know, we were familiar with each other, but 
it was under different circumstances though because of the you know the coaching style and the, and the system or whatever you know yeah. we thought that we would play one way and it ended up not being that yeah okay um for you you know coming from coming from pain you know he he don't have any tolerance for slack or you know anything like that so for playing high school ball and then elevating to college what was the biggest jump for you um and that you had to pretty much elevate yourself to make sure you prepare for um physically i left joe's six three 180 pounds you know now i'm you know i'm beating people to the rim able to just go up and dunk finish on people or whatever kind of whatever i wanted you know, you get to Kansas, you know, you beat somebody baseline. My teammate's 7'1", 260. Yeah. Meet you outside the lane. If you ain't jumping over the top of them, you better – I hope your reverse game nice because you're <laughs> not finishing on that, man. So, like, you know, taking those lumps and bumps on the regular, like where you have to be able to use your body and contort and finish and all of that stuff, the physicality of it. Like, you got point guards. They might have been smaller, like, six foot six one but they like 210 so yeah. you know turning corners and being physical that was probably the biggest adjustment as far as the game when you physically have to be ready to go to battle at you know forget the game at practice you gotta yeah. understand i was six man on the team with like nine mcdonald's ten mcdonald's all american yeah you know what i'm saying so to go out there and just carve that niche out like I, you know, you got to work. Yeah. So like mentally, you know, mentally, how long did it take you? Because you got to, you know, come from high school. You may have um, practiced was, before you know school. What? The craziest thing was, I remember we played Michigan State with Mateen Cleves and Mo Peterson and Charlie Bell, the team that actually won it one of them years. Mm -hmm. And um, I just remember how physical they were, and so. From that point on, like I just tried to, you know, I was trying to double up in the weight room and, and kind of make sure, like, I was handling that part, you know, body sore, but still trying to get stronger. And when yeah. conference season, when conference season came, I remember coming home for Christmas. Back then, you could go and practice with the high school team, so I was hooping against the state championship team. And like, the more physical you are, the better off it's going to be. And when conference season started, that's when I hit stride. And I had, like, four double-figure games in a row, like, right off the bat. And, like, to the point where we walking out of the, the tunnel and the crowd yelling, start, 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 like like I should start. You know, I'm like, yo, this this wild. You know, it's 16, it's 16-5 in Allen Fieldhouse, yo. And that's, like, electric. You walk out there, your body like, woo. You know, yeah. it was a little different, you know what I'm saying? Cause, but that, at that point, I did notice, like, by the time conference started, I was probably clocking about 195. So I came 15 just in that yeah. amount of time. So, you know, just staying, you know, just staying on it or whatever and continuing throughout the process, you know, by the time the conference season came, I kind of hit my stride. Okay. Now, after your years in college, did you did you try to go pro? Like, did you try out for NBA we'll teams, or you thinking like you know I'm what? That's the, that's the interesting thing about it. Like, like with the numbers I had, they weren't great. Like, I can sit up mm -hmm. here and say that I, you know, as a man, you know, you got to swallow that sometimes. Yeah. Um, but you know, at that point, it's about finding an agent that can work for you. 
Yeah. You know, going through the process, you know, I ended up getting an agent named Keith Kreider uh, from Edge Sports, who actually represented me and um, got me a couple yeah. of gigs or whatever. And you guys think I came out, and like I said, the first when I went to Estonia, it was like 03, 02, 03. And 05, funny thing, I came home and started playing in the semi-pro league with a team called, the I, it was in, in, in the International Basketball League, the IBL. And the team was called Windy City Dogs that practiced out at Harper College out there by uh, by Woodfield Mall, like Schomburg area, like way okay. out there. And, you know, playing in the league, it's Tim Hardaway in the league. It's a couple pros in the league, right? I'm thinking he was playing for a team in, like, Iowa somewhere. Uh -huh. I remember the game we played, he had 45, and I had, like, 30-something. So our next home game, I noticed I saw this dude and come to find out, he was one of the GMs for the Milwaukee Bucks named Dave Babcock. Oh, I okay. I to myself, no way. What is this dude doing out in, like, just random Waterloo, Iowa? Nah, like, I don't get it. But, you know, you, people try to find talent anywhere. You know, they see numbers people putting up. And so he mailed something to the facility, and the coach gave it to me after practice. Our coach was actually – played for the Boston Celtics. His name was John Bagley. He passed away years ago, but he was the point guard for the Celtics years ago. And um, he was like, yeah, man, you need to take this opportunity. So it was one weekend in the summer, like I rode, I rode down to uh, Milwaukee and they had a three-day mini camp. And I was able, you know, I made it through all three days. And the funny thing is, it was like a, a contract came up and, um, it might have been it might have been Mo Williams, and his agent pulled one of them numbers like you're gonna take Mo, you got to take one of our other clients. And Babcock called me in the office and was like, you know, we got to cut you. You play well, like you know they kept stats and everything. We probably played two or three scrimmages a day, and he was like, I can't lie, you you know you good enough to play, like you good enough to do it. But you know with these contracts, you know they gonna they trying to get the big fish. Yeah, and at that point. And, you know, I'm I'm three, four years out. It's 05. I'm 25 years old at the time. So I had to take that L, and I went to um, Mexico after that. But I also got drafted in the um, – well, it was the D League at the time. You know, mm -hmm. I got drafted a little bit after that as well. So – and that was probably two years after I played in the IBL, I ended up getting drafted. Okay. So, so so going to going to Mexico, how did the Mexico like overseas contract happen? Did you just like look, I just want to hoop, man, send me overseas, you know, stuff like that. Mexico called Halcones in Veracruz, Mexico. And you know, it's it's overseas, but to me it's really not because it was like an hour mm -hmm. and a half flight from like Houston. Yeah. So I didn't yeah. feel like, you know, where you on 12, 13 hours flight. But oh. it was like a paid vacation to hoop. I mean, you going to like Cozumel, Tijuana, people where people go to take vacations at. Yep. You know what I'm saying? But you going at a hoop. So, you know, those was my last two and a half, three years, but I, I enjoyed it. It was a bunch of different players that I seen, like even from Chicago come across uh Reggie Jordan and a couple other dudes that was playing out there. So I mean, I enjoyed the process. Yeah. Okay. Now, this question is my favorite question to ask, like Chicago Hoopers, because they kind of they kind of stumble on this one. So I'm I'm interested to see what you're gonna say. 
If you had to create a team from Chicago all time, one through five, who would you take? Well, I gotta go with my I gotta go with my um alum alumni for the point guard, Isaiah Thomas. Okay. Um Thanks. for the two, probably gotta go D Wade. Facts. My small forward would be Michael Finley. Oh, yep. My Mike power Finley. My power forward would be Jawan Howard. That's a good pick. No, no, no. Yeah, 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 yeah. Jawan Howard. And my okay. five would probably be AD. Okay. I'm not mad at that at all. I'm not mad at that. Okay, so this question, I'm going to give you a skill set, and you tell me which player you would take the skill set from. Okay. Uh, Passing. Oh, passing. Wow. Damn. LeBron. Can't go wrong with that. Uh, shooting. Death. That's easy. Death. Hands down. Defense. Pat Bell. Okay. Rebounding. Rebounder. Hmm. Who best rebounder? Is this like okay? I'm gonna ask you this. Is this like, like just overall? Because you know sometimes like it's dudes that's in the league now that was hella five rebounders at a time, but now they got older and ain't the same. No, we thinking like the whole across the whole board all time. Oh, oh, all time. Yeah, we're going, like, all the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. My, my best, I should say that. Yeah, all the time. We might, to, we might have to run these questions back. Okay, back up. All right. All right, so who you take passing from? Magic. Okay, shooting. Steph. Okay, defense. I'm going to go Rodman. Okay, rebounding. a lot of dudes that he ain't had no business locking up. Yeah, yeah. Rebounding. Dude, I could have go with him again. Rodman, facts. Uh, clutch. I'm going to go Big Mike. Okay, and that last that. one? Oh, last two. IQ. Brian. And then, like, just aggressiveness, like the dog, dog mentality. Iverson. Facts. That's a good one. Okay. So, when you Iverson, Iverson not even six feet tall, fam. I done not seen even. him in a bunch of times, and it's a it's amazing what he accomplished. The fam is like five ten, five eleven, like a buck sixty five. You know the NBA, they got a boost show height up a little bit, just a little bit. You know in the NBA, they be like, yeah, Iverson six one. He is not six one. Iverson like no, five ten. No, you're a little fellow, little fellow, <laughs> little fellow. Okay. So when you play ball, what was your dominant position? Were you a shooting guard, small I was board? A two guard. Okay. I played the wing. Okay. So you were a two guard. So I want you to give me your top five shooting guards of all time. Mike, Kobe, D Wade. Um see, and this dude don't get enough credit because he wasn't on great teams, but he was a dog. And people are going to probably be on my line about this. 
Mitch Richmond was cold. I'm not mad at that. Mitch Richmond was cold. He just wasn't on the greatest team, fam. Thanks. And my fifth. Hmm. It might. Be. I might have to go with Reggie. I'm not mad at that. I'm not mad at that. So you ain't go. A lot of people put AI in the shooting guard because he really is shooting guard. The thing guard. is, he, that's always my question with him. Like if yeah. you're talking AI as two guard, I would roll with him. You know, he he just happened to be the smallest dude on the floor. But if if that's the case, if he's in that class, I would take him. Okay, and then one that's more question right. for you. You see that run TMC right there? Yeah, that's that's pops. He always on me about, about that. Hey, I'm gonna tell you this: if Ron Harper stays healthy in the gold chain era when he was in Cleveland, number four in Cleveland with the orange jersey, he might have made the top five before the knee injuries because he was he used to give Mike fits. The oh, whole I got one more for you. Give Mike fits. What about what about Clyde Drexler? See, like, and this is the interesting thing about this. Like, even when we talked about earlier with, like, Dr. J. Yeah. I actually have a lot of moves to me. Like, the game has evolved move-wise in terms yeah. of, like, how these guys are. So, if, if, if I was to say there was a little bit of evolution from Dr. J, it would be Drexler as opposed to, like, Big Mike. Big, yeah. Mike, was, Big Mike was different in terms of that. And look at this guy talking about Harden. No, I'm not. I, don't, I ain't rolling. I can't fool with James Harden. He ain't gonna never win nothing. He can score, but he ain't gonna win nothing. I ain't fooling. I'm sorry. Okay, I'm not. I'm not mad at that five though. I, you know, I ain't mad at that five at all. Plus, it's Joe Five. That's who you rock with. Um, this question: If you could have five dinner guests, dead or alive, to sit with you and have conversation with five people, dead or alive. Who would be at your table with you? Dead or alive? Yep. You can do any sport, music, musician, I president, would, I would whichever. Actually, I would like to, I would, it would have been like, because of the two different perspectives, I would say Malcolm and Martin. Yep. Um, I would have, I would have liked to have a conversation with like Obama as well. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think who else. Um, this may sound weird, but I didn't really know my dad's father well, but I would yeah. hear a lot about him. Yep. And I would have loved to, like, be able to sit up as an adult and, like, have a conversation with him. Facts. Um, That's respected. And honestly, I would, I would give an arm and a leg to talk to my high school coach again. Facts. Facts. That's a good five. Um, for you, what has the game of basketball taught you that carries into everyday life? That you can compare it to everyday life. The lessons you learn on the floor, being a good mm -hmm. teammate, uh, being accountable, um, being a leader. Uh, it's not all about, about you. Um, yeah. Discipline. All of those different, all of those different things, uh, you know, that's major. That's major in, in life in general. Like, you know, as men, we got to, you know, you're going to have to be a father and a husband one day. 
and you're going to have to lead. You know, I lead young men on a daily basis. I have fun with them, but at the same time, I got to give them the game too because at some point, they're going to walk away from me, and I hope that in the back of their mind, they be like, man, Coach London would have said such and such because I try to meet them where they are so they so that I can reach yeah. them first. And yep. then you, you can take those lessons and those those situations I put you in and put them to use in your life, whichever way you got to go, whatever way you got to navigate. You know, yep. hopefully I said something or done something to make a you know an impression on you that you could use something that I taught you. So Thanks. you know that's really that's really what where I'm at with it now because um, it's definitely not it's not about it's, it's never been just about me. Facts. You tend to think that at that time, but you know when you in it, man, I'm cold. It yeah. might be cold, but just like you know, there's somebody just as cold on the East Coast, Midwest, you know, out yeah. wherever the case may be. So you got to be that much better than that. And when yeah. adversity come, because it's gonna come, how you gonna react Facts. to it? Facts. Look at my guy, Jordan Taylor. I had him on yesterday. He said, you got him rethinking his answers. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So as a coach, if a young, you know, teaching these young, the younger generation, if somebody was to come to you and say, look, coach, I need some advice just to make sure I make it with this hooping stuff, what's the first advice you would give them? First advice I would give them is to be early. You want to beat everybody to the punch. <clears throat> like, I'm an advocate for kids getting up early and getting to it. Yeah. Because if I can get to the gym, if I can get to the gym three times and you get there one, I should have the advantage. Yeah. And, uh, and a lot of times, <clears throat> college coaches, they test kids in terms of, discipline like are they willing to get up are they willing to push early right because let's be real at some point the majority of these people playing basketball shooting the ball aren't going to work for the association or in the association as a player so my my point is what if your boss at who knows NBC says you got to be in the office in your desk at 7 a.m. What you going to tell them? Nah, man, I ain't used to getting up early. Guess what? You're going to be broke with no gig on the street. Yeah. You know, so my first piece of advice is to get up and be early. And you can jump ahead of a lot of other stuff. Thanks. Um, for you, what's your favorite basketball movie? I know that's kind of a good one. He got game. I knew it. I knew it. A lot of people say that. A lot of people say that. A lot of people say um, hoop dreams. Yeah, I thought you were going to say hoop and dreams. The funny thing, Arthur Ag is my man. Like, that's my boy. Yeah. But um, my my favorite basketball movie is is, is definitely He Got Game. Okay. Came out my senior year in high school while I was in it. Yeah. You know, I was going through that same process. Somebody you said he always up early. Oh, yeah, I'll be up at, like, 4, 5 o'clock in the morning on the computer, like, looking Kidding. at plays, looking at sets every day. I go to sleep wow. early, get up early. So you be sleep by, like, you be 
So you pass your bedtime now, huh? I, no, we good because the football <laughs> game is still on right now. But I'm going to tell you this. I would probably go eat, watch a little of the game. I'll be done in, a, in a, about two hours, two and a half hours. Okay. Okay. Now, now this question for you right here, I'm going to give you two players. You just pick who you think the better player or who you would have on your team. Okay. Bron and KD. Ah, oh, boy. <laughs> who would I want to hoop with? Hoop with, have on your team, whichever. I would want, I would want Brian on my team, because like, see the thing, I think what hurts Brian a lot at times is he still wants to be liked a little bit. So yeah. like, he wants all of his teammates to have the experience, and if that's the case, that means I'm gonna have an experience too. The selfish part of me say, "Hey man, kick it to the corner." You might not want to shoot the game winner, but I will if you go kick it over there. So I'm not saying like like KD is a better scorer than LeBron, Thanks. but I would rather hoop with LeBron. Okay, uh, Steph or Dame? Who? Steph or Dame? Damian Lillard. I'm going Steph. Be I put it like this, like. I don't think Dame and CJ win because of how they play. Like, they get buckets and stuff, but when your two best players probably average maybe 11 assists combined, can't win. Not in the West. If you think about I it. I don't say that. Think about Melo, my favorite player, and he on Portland. They shoot a lot of balls and only get probably 11 between both of them. That's why people are like, man, Portland's so talented. They don't share enough. And you think about it. You have Steph, KD, Clay, and Draymond on the same floor, and that dead ball swinging, moving, screaming, and people cutting. That's why it was just fun to watch. And like I told you, if they don't get hurt, that team keep running them off. There's yeah. no way you beating them. No way. I didn't even think about it like that's a good way to think about it. Just like that yeah. uh, San Antonio team. And they, if you think about it, they, when you look at them on paper, they had the three stars, yes. But other, you talking about like Sean Elliott at one time and like Robert, you know, I mean, Robert already got rings, but like he was a specialist. That team didn't have, you know, a whole lot of dudes out there like that, but they played yeah. together. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Can't beat that. Yeah. Uh, James Harden or Luka? Luca, easy. <laughs> I put it this way, and people be getting mad with this. So Luka you don't like Harden at Luka all. Is, Luca is the white LeBron without athleticism. Look at the numbers. Lead his team in points, rebound, assist. He efficient, got a, a good IQ. Hell, he might even be more clutch. In terms of game winners, I'd be willing. I would be willing if if you do it again to do a split screen and see. But look at Luca. Luca was twenty eight nine and like eight. He don't. He don't. He just don't. He just not as athletic, fam. They put up the same numbers. I look at the numbers. I'm not okay. talking about how he – I'm just saying 
his effect on the game. He dominates the ball like Brian. He's just not as athletic. But the way that he plays the game, he controls what his teammates do. Facts. Okay. Now that you say it like that, I okay. Yeah, that no, makes... I'm not saying he he played like like no 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 no. Let's okay, get I get what you mean now. No, yeah, let's not get that twisted. Okay, okay. Now you say it like that, it makes sense now. Uh, Kawhi or Giannis? Kawhi who? A Giannis. Kawhi. Look at what he did. Even look what he did with that um, what's the name team? That that Toronto team, fam. Like, come on, man. And granted, Golden State was hurt. Golden State was yep. hurt, but you got to win with who on the floor. Yep. And so you, do you think if Clay team, and KD don't get hurt, they win that series? You say what? <laughs> if Clay and KD don't get hurt, do you think they still win that series? Not at all. KD didn't win in that if they healthy. Bro, even if you look at even if you look at what KD did before the Achilles went, he had Kawhi out there. He would have Kawhi on the island. It was getting bad early. It was getting bad. And he was doing Braun bad too though. Yeah, he, he do everybody. Ain't, ain't nobody guarding that. Yeah, that's seven foot two guard. Come on, man. No, not, I don't care. He's not guarding that. There. Ain't no matchup for that. None. Uh, Brad Beal or Jimmy Butler? Wow. Uh, this is a good one right here because I like both of them. Um. See, and I was interested to see Brad Bill like with his own team. Like Jimmy got a bunch of shooters um, yeah. to the finals. To the finals, like if I'm looking at overall, I'll probably I'll probably take Jimmy just because of the, the 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 two way. Yeah, and no, he's not putting up he's not putting up Brad's numbers offensively, but at the yeah. same token, he don't have to. Yeah, you know what I'm saying, like. Like, Bill scored 101 points in two games, and they lost both. Can't win. Can't win. Like, it, it's, it's rough. He can score that thing as good as anybody. Yeah. But, you know, winning winning over everything. Yeah. I had, um, like, two episodes ago, I had John Lucas on, and he was saying every team Jimmy Butler went to, they elevated. That Philly team lost to Toronto in seven off that, off that bucket. That Minnesota and, team yeah, and went to the he, to the playoffs. He's going to challenge you, and yeah. some guys going to run away from that. Yeah, that's why I feel like the Bulls got rid of him, and, and Minnesota got rid of him because they didn't like his competitive edge. Man, he just want to win. That was about Wiggins and Towns. Yeah, they didn't they couldn't they, take they, it. They they didn't like the big brother, and they was just like, "Yo, we got to do it out him." And see, but that's the thing. You he ended up going to the ship. Wiggins get sent out because don't nobody want to play with him. You know what I'm saying? And I put it this way. Going back to Golden State, if Wiggins can really be Robin to Steph's Batman and they make the playoffs, that's a win for them. But a lot of that's going to depend on how good Wiggins is. I don't know. The way him and Oubre playing right now. Thomas is the number one. Next, Scottie Pippen. Rudy Gay, all these they throwing all these names out here, and he's never been able to live up to that. And do you see it? You see what they say right there? They say too soft up here. Like you see what he's doing. It people. it hurt to be the man. You are gonna get beat up every game. People game planning for you. And Wiggins like yo, 
I'll take this 14 and 15 and chill. And Jimmy like, no, I need 25. And he like, no, I'm cool. You talk to you need to talk to Carl Anthony Towns about that. <laughs> yeah. No, that's facts yeah. though. Even now, him and Ubre over there with Steph, they is not helping that man. What they shot? What was it like? Two for thirty-six for three? Like, come right. on, y'all can't do that. And, see, and the thing is, Steph got to go for sixty, and they can go for twelve, and then it's different. But like, if he got to do that the whole season, they in trouble. You know, you know what that reminded me of? That kind of reminded me of that Derrick Rose situation when Derrick Rose was a man and he got to do all the scoring. And I feel yeah. like when your point guard doing all that, that's never a good ending. That's never a good ending when your point guard got to no. drop 50, 60 points and do. That's too That's too much for one dude. Yeah. I don't care what team it is. And, like, people don't realize how worn out a cat like James Harden is after a game. He played ones the whole game. Like, <laughs> think about Look at James Harden highlights. Have you, where have you ever seen him come off a pin down, down screen, and he curl and just shoot it? Hardly no. ever. Yep. Well, he, he come off a flare screen and pop out and just shoot. That's the game. That's why Steph can be so effective at times because he don't need it in his hands the whole game. Mm -mm. Steph will screen somebody, get a screen, knock it down. That's basketball. It's more efficient. If I got to go between my legs 15 times and I have to do that 60 times a game, I'm going to be tired. Facts. And Facts. like I said, don't get me wrong. Sam can score his butt off, but yeah. the way that he scores makes it harder for him to win. Yeah, because if you if your game plan is strictly on him, they stuck. He's so bald, damn that he gonna dribble. He gonna dribble the whole twenty four out before he shoots. Why you think when that trade rumors came, other than money, people was like, no, nah, no, nah, I ain't trying to hoop with him. A lot <laughs> of them other pro, they was like, nah, gee, I'm chilling. I ain't trying to know. No, That's why no, Chris no. Paul bounced. Chris right. Paul said, I can't do this. Chris Paul trying to win. He saw what that looked like. Yeah. We all, yeah. Think about what we said about Chris Paul at the beginning. He creates winning environments. And so when you, like, when you look at that, you know what I'm saying? It, it, he didn't want to play with him no more. Yeah. Um, Jokic or Embiid? Who? Jokic or Embiid? Golly, man, what you trying to do out here? Um, I told you I'm going to test you, man. And see, with them two, it's like styles. Like, I can say – I was going to say that, yo. I like, I like Embiid better because, like, he's more agile, mobile. He shoots it. Like, I don't think he's as dominant on the box as he should be. Yeah. And, but the thing is, nowadays, not a lot of dudes post up no more. But you can nobody can take away from Yoke what Jokic is, fam. He like a throwback that got the tray ball at the five. Yeah. I, I think he'll get busy in any era because he he don't he can't go quick, so he just take his time and methodically go to work. And when you make the wrong move, he throwing backdoor passes, he hitting threes, he setting screens, rolling. I, I fool with him though. Like that that's yeah. a rough one. I just that's more came to personal preference and I like I like him be better. Okay. Now, this one, everybody told me to kind of change it up a little bit, but I'm going to see what you say. Dirk or Tim Duncan? <laughs> Look, my guy yesterday like, told me, man, you like, can't do that. I, you got to do KG I or think, Tim Duncan. I think Tim Duncan is probably the best power forward to play, right? Mm -hmm. 
But once again, when we talking style, I liked how Dirk played more. Cause if you watch yeah. if you watch a Tim Duncan mix, all you gonna see is backboard jumpers and jump hooks. He kept it real basic. You don't want to watch a Tim Duncan mixtape because you're gonna be like, yo, <laughs> you gonna do anything else? He gonna face you up, go off the glass, face you up, go off the glass, ball fake one dribble late. It's like, yo. But he killed everybody with that. Yeah. So you can't take like once again, it's like he the best power forward to ever play. And he kept it super simple. Yeah. Super simple. Um, so Steve Nash or Jason Kidd? Jason Kidd. Mellow or Paul Pierce? Who? Mellow or Paul Pierce? I'm going mellow. Okay, good. No, no, I'm no, scared I'm, for a no, second. Hey, listen. Listen. Best triple threat game. Maybe Thank top, you. top two or three all time. Thank you. Listen. Thank you. Was the evolution of Bernard King, my boy. Cole, a walking, if, 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 if a walking bucket was a person, is him. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, we going Russell Westbrook or D Rose? You ain't got to ask me that. We going Rose all day. Okay, Devin. Well, this one I kind of figured this one. Devin Booker or Donovan Mitchell? I'm gonna go D Book. Easy. Okay, and then this one is kind of no. Kobe or D Wade? Cold. Yeah, I'm going cold. Can't deny Cole, man. I don't think he get enough respect, though. Like, even yeah. with the LeBron conversation, you can't act like he never existed. Like, like, dude was a flat-out monster. We was at ABCD together. You and Cole? I, my, yeah, he was a senior, and I was a sophomore. Like I told you, when I hit that growth spurt, stuff started changing. And I'm like, yo, like, every time he would play, you just noticed the crowd would migrate to his court. And I'm like, yo, and Ron Artest was there, Richard Jefferson, Jason. It was a bunch of people there. And I'm like, but he was just out there cooking people. Like, twin, cross, pull up, fade away. I'm like, yo, this dude was 18. And like you said, he was going to the league. It was a couple games. He ain't really try to use the right hand. So I'm going to use the left. So he was just different from jump. Let me ask you this. Do you think Bron could ever pass Kobe or Mike? Despite the finals? Because uh -oh. a lot of people go by records. You know what I'm saying? Finals records and all that type of stuff. I, if Bron could squeeze out two, and that's, that's, <laughs> that's rough, and he would be at six, I think you really have to take into consideration what he's done. And like we talked about the nine times in a row. And, and, and I really do. I look at rosters because you're only good as your worst teammate. You yeah. look at you, and a lot of times he didn't have – like and sometimes he did with that team that lost to the Mavericks. That's the one that really, really messes him up, though. Yeah. That loss he took to them. But when you look at what Mike has done, like defensively, leading the league and scoring, you got – I mean, finals MVP, regular season MVP, uh, first team All-NBA. Like, bruh, it, it's, it's, it's hard to surpass that. And he yeah. really kept his hand on the league, like, suppressed. Look at the cats that didn't get rings. 
when you look at when you look at the dream team, when you look at the dream team, look at all of them dudes that didn't get a ring because of him. Thanks. You know what I'm saying? And he suppressed Thanks. that group of people so much that, like, even when you looked at the last dance, I was just like, yo, would y'all even try to compete with the man? They like, man, could nobody do nothing with the black cat? Man, y'all better, y'all better figure something out. You know what I'm saying? Like, it was just like, it was just like, it got to go to MJ. And it was like, it just got to a point where even the greats conceded to him because he just was whooping them so much. That they yeah. just put their hands up. It was like, I'm like, are y'all gonna compete with him? Barkley, man, look, that's 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 the greatest thing I ever seen. I'm just like, bro, Barkley, you were still like 25 and 12 your whole career. Like, come on, man, go get you some old teammates too. Get y'all better draft better or something. But it was just like Mike owned them people, man. Okay, Patrick so Ewing, go down yeah. the line. It is what it is. So I know somebody said in the comments, not Mike. So I think Shaq has said on TV, if Bron gets two more rings and pass Kareem at all-time points, that may kind of have There's some say so. There's a discussion to be had. I can say that. But when you look at the – see, my thing is I don't want to even have a conversation really until the end because at that point right. we can lay everything down and say, okay, how many of these do you have? How many of these do you have? And you yeah. look at that. Now, if you now the difference is with Brian, if you take the impact off the court, that's where mm -hmm. he gains the edge with people too. Thanks. You know what I'm saying? Because it's like he's like a humanitarian. So people, like I said, people like him. Yep. You know what I'm saying? Mike, you saw what the last I don't care. If you want to win, come play with me. If yeah. you want people to be nice to you, you can go over there. But that's not going to work over here. So, Mike was more so, you know, the type to go for the juggler. While Brian would be like, hey, man, why don't y'all come chill with me, man? Like, and Mike, like, no, nah, I don't need you in my personal space. Facts. Okay. What was – the last two questions for you. Um, what was the best piece of advice somebody ever gave you before? Wow. Best piece of advice. Well – Keep your word. Facts. You know, when you tell people, you know, you're going to do something, like, make sure you be about that because, you know, people really depend on you and they want to, you know, hold you to your word. And if you can't, if you can't do that, what are you worth? Nobody going to trust you. Like I said, I'm telling kids and grown people all the time what they should do to get to next levels. And, like, I, and I'll tell a kid, if you handle your part, I'll help you, right? Yeah. At the time, come for me to help them, and I don't make no phone calls. That's that's phony to me. I don't need them yeah. type of people around me, and I'm not going to be that type of person either. So, you know, keep your word. Okay. And then the last question I got for you is, like, who do you think I should have on here next? You know what I'm saying? Who will come on here, get some good advice, tell their story, you know, get to know them a little personally? Um, mm, a good I think, you know what? I think a good person to get on here would be like a Pierre Pierce because he has a hell of a story to tell in, in terms of what he went through. Like, I remember, bro, and I'm not going to, you know, tell this man's business, but I just remember in his situation, Chris Mullins 
you know, I knew a guy that knew Chris Mullins, and they went to get him so he could play summer league. And I remember talking to him. He was like, yo, I was 15 and, six, 15 and 5. You know, in NBA summer league, like, yo, it don't get too much better than that. And you just learning their system. And, like, he had a real live shot at him and to be – to be there, like at the pinnacle of it at, at Summer League, you know, I didn't have that experience. I told you I was at many camps and, you know, different mm-hmm. camps, NBA camps, but like he was right there. They were ready, they were ready to sign the contract, and there was outside influences and factors <clears throat> that didn't allow, you know what I mean, that didn't allow him, you know what I'm saying, to get there. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. man, that's, that's, that's rough. Yeah. And also, even the cat like Paul. McPherson, you know, somebody okay. who was in the show, he was in the yep. league. And, you know, it's one of them situations where, you know, you get an a, a opportunity and, and, and it slipped through your hands. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And it's always a message in that on either side. Right. You know, right. and them guys, them guys got a story, story to tell, you know, and I yeah. respect all of it, man, you know. And that's what we're here to do, tell our stories so the younger you know, Chicago generation, you know, yep. following the footsteps and know what to and what not to do in terms of they, you know, they process because that's, you know, we, they should use us as examples. Facts. Yeah, big homie, if you can, if you can, you know, plug me with them, help me get in touch with them. Like I said, I'd love to have them on here to help tell their story, man. That's pretty much why I created this, you know what I'm saying? Something I love to do just to uplift, man, you know what I'm saying? Because we, we got to learn from, from other people's mistakes to make sure we don't make them same mistakes. No so, doubt. yeah, if you can definitely plug them with me, you know what I'm saying? I get in contact with them, set up an interview, and we can get it going. I'll get that to you right after we get off here, my man. And I definitely appreciate, appreciate it, the opportunity, my man. I appreciate it, man. Man, for, for sure, man. All love to you, Coach. Appreciate it. Much success and, and you know, health and everything to you. Stay safe. And uh, we'll stay in touch. We'll chop it up. No doubt, my man. Appreciate you. Peace. Peace.